TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. That clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here. On TuneIn, go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only twenty-five dollars a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile, get four iPhone 15s on us, and four lines for twenty-five bucks per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. 97.1 FM Talk Podcast. America. I am not a number. I am a free man. Wiggins America. The only thing I'm going to need from you guys right now is a cup of coffee. Wiggins. Today's global economy waits for no man. America. Today's global business climate is like, whatever, dude. Politics is a dirty game. I'm not sure we want to play. There are forces here at work that you couldn't possibly understand. You have no idea how high up this goes. Welcome to Wiggins America. Set foot in America one fine today. Sailing into Baltimore, well, everything's okay. New buttons on the jacket, shining like the brand new diamonds. Listening in the sunlight, blistering my eyes. When you said that you loved me, I knew it wasn't true. I've 100 unread messages, but not a single note from well, let's take a break from the heaviness of the news for a second and follow something that I have been watching for a while just because it feels like we're turning a page in American media and American pop culture. The headlines, of course, if you've seen them, is that Netflix is going to stop doing their DVD by mail service. Now, most of us have not been doing that for a long time anyway, but then this just popped up today and I thought, wow, that's timely too. Best Buy to stop selling DVDs and Blu-rays. So this is... A new moment, a new chapter in American media. I figured, let's talk to somebody who's actually my favorite of the DVD services out there. Every time I go into Walgreens or Walmart, I'm standing there in front of the thing for at least a couple minutes, seeing what's new, seeing what I want to watch. Uh, and that's Redbox. Redbox is still there. I love Redbox. And so I wanted to talk to uh, Chris Woolsey. He is the Senior Director of Communications for Chicken Soup for the Soul Entertainment, which owns Redbox, about what is the future of Redbox. So, Chris, thanks for being here. Brian, thanks for having me. This is amazing. Yeah, and uh, it's good getting to know you. been talking to you for a couple months now and just kind of hearing what you guys are doing. Love, love the entertainment world and just hearing what's going on in it. Um, but what is the future for Redbox amid news like this? Well, that's a great question. So, you know, so many um, brands are cutting back on physical media. Obviously, you bring up two of the, the biggest uh, examples right now with uh, Netflix and Best Buy, uh, both cutting back. But we feel and we've seen that there is a large portion of the country that still enjoys physical DVDs and Blu-rays, whether it's 
um, you know, families that are trying to get their entertainment for the week for just a few dollars or uh, collectors that just want to have that movie in their hands because they know that, you know, no online service that they have the movie on is eventually going to go out of business and they're not going to be able to watch that anymore. I was telling my kids about one of my favorite uh, versions of the movie of the play Hamlet and it wasn't available anywhere and I had to go and buy a DVD from the 90s from a collector in Japan in order for my kids to watch it and so that, that's just a goofy example of uh, how it can be challenging uh, when these movies do disappear from uh, different services and you can't get them anymore unless you have physical physical copies. Well, I'm really glad to hear that because I, I would put myself in that nerd category too. I've got that region-free DVD player just for that kind of situation. <laughs> uh, that exactly. I order stuff from the UK that you can't get elsewhere and all that stuff. But but you're right. I, I it is um, it is a little bit limiting to know that, oh, well, I, I can't, you know, there's some weird stuff I try to find on streaming sometimes and it I can't even find it on YouTube half the time, but I can on DVD, old VHS and DVDs. So there are those of us uh, who are really happy to hear that there's still going to be that physical media. But I've actually discovered Redbox, you know, in, in the discussion that I've had with you, actually maybe even before that, that Redbox and Crackle, uh, you guys' streaming services, you know, have great content on there as well. And Redbox in particular, I didn't know had free content until not that long ago. Yes, absolutely. So, you know, most people know Redbox from our over 29,000 kiosks in um, stores around the country. But we also have, like with the brand Crackle uh, that we own, we also have Redbox free streaming. So we either have um, what are called fast channels, and those are more like traditional cable channels that are on your your uh, regional cable menu and you just pop those on and whatever's playing is what you watch. And we have dozens and dozens of those working in every genre that you could possibly imagine. But then we also have what are called AVOD channels. And those are uh, more of your or traditional uh, format where you go on and you can just pick whatever you want to watch. It's free. You just have to watch a couple commercials while you're watching your movie or TV show. But literally on Redbox, there are thousands and thousands of movies in every genre that you could possibly imagine. Uh, 55% of all American households are now using a uh, free ad-supported video service in order to kind of supplement their subscription services. So with um, over half of Americans cord cutting now, uh, they, you know, most people have two, three, some four paid subscriptions, some, you know, even more, but People are scaling back in a lot of ways, and they're supplementing that with free ad-supported services like Crackle and Redbox. Well, I find that you almost have to, uh, you know, because there's only so much that I can watch on one service before I'm like, all right, let's see what I'm in the mood for something else. I want to try Crackle. I want to try whatever else it is. Uh, On the phone with us right now, Chris Woolsey, Senior Director of Communications for Chicken Soup for the Soul Entertainment, which owns Redbox and Crackle. Um, This, I mean, this is obviously the wave of the future. This is where everything's going is online and streaming. I guess the biggest question that people ask me when they know that I have a background in television industry and stuff and you know the streaming world is they go hey how do you guys decide what you offer in any given moment on your streaming platform so I turn that question to you how do you decide 
That's a great question. So um, a lot of times it depends on a what's available. So we get we get what are called avails, and these are long lists of movies that are available for us to license for particular windows uh, from the studios. And so we'll go. We have this amazing programming team that scours the studio landscape, finding all of these hidden gems all over the place. And and so often, and I get the list every month for what they want me to talk about. And I'll look at the list and go, oh, my gosh, I forgot about that. That is an amazing movie. Three o'clock high. That's one of my, you know, I get all geeked out about these 80s films that they're, they're digging up. And, um, and it's just, it's super fun. But then what, what sets us apart in a lot of ways is, uh, Crackle and Redbox has original content, so you can only watch it on Crackle and Redbox. And those are TV series and feature films that we actually produce in-house. And a lot of those are what are called sponsored content. So we'll create a series and have a sponsor, like we had a, a show called Pet Caves, about renovating your house and turning one of the rooms into a, uh, a cave for your pet. And that was sponsored by PetSmart. And so we'll have corporate sponsors that come on that help us shoulder the cost of production. And that way we can offer this content still for free to our fans. And yet uh, the, the sponsor gets the uh, advertising and commercial lift uh, from those products. So, so it, yeah. It, yeah, it just kind of depends what those relationships are like. Since we're talking content and we're in October, I was thinking about this ahead of talking to you. I'm like, yeah, you know, I, I think, and this is just me. I have no data to back this up at all, so forgive me. <laughs> but I'm looking at genres, and I'm thinking maybe drama, but really the scary stuff, horror, which we're in the middle of October, it seems like there's more movies and content out there in that genre than any other. Am I crazy? No, you are not crazy okay. at all. I mean, if you go through, if you go to redbox.com and start scrolling through the free, I'm doing it as we speak here, and there are literally thousands and thousands of free horror films. And I think part of that is it's a little easier in some ways to make a horror film at a lower budget yeah. that people will still want to go see because scaring somebody can be fairly simply done. Um, not to say there aren't gigantic budget horror films, but uh, I think that's part of it. But man, I mean, you talk about an exhaustive catalog. Uh, if if it was Halloween every day, you would not run out of films to watch on right, Redbox. Right. Yeah, I think for the live stream that we do of uh, our daily show anyway, I think throughout October, uh, one of my suggestions was that we just drop a few frames out of it and make us look like we're jumping around a little bit to make it look scary. But nobody took me up on that idea. I thought it was great. Um, I like it. I'm going to vote for that one. <laughs> Thank you. I'm going to tell them that you said that we could do Good. it. Um, let me ask you before we run out of time, is there anything that you want to highlight on Crackle or Redbox for that matter for October? Totally. Absolutely. Uh, some of my favorites, um, and this is one that you just watch it and it just holds up so well, and that is the 1978 classic, the one that started it all, John Carpenter's Halloween. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. J Jamie Lee Curtis, um, one of her first projects. Uh, the great Donald Pleasance, who's one of my favorite actors of all time. And it, it was amazing. And ahead of talking to you, I, I always like to try and look up some of the film trivia. And some of the stuff on this was hilarious. Uh, not only was it like one of the, the first and most successful low-budget films of all time, shot for 300000 and made millions 
in the box office. But uh, John Carpenter hired a, a young actor as one of the PAs on the set, and his name was Robert England. Uh, you might know him because he obviously went on to become Freddy Krueger in the Freddy Krueger franchise. So Freddy helped Michael Myers get started, if you can believe that. I did not know that. That's yeah, interesting. crazy. And they shot it in, it was supposed to be in Illinois, hadn't, the imaginary town of Haddonfield, Illinois, in obviously the fall, Halloween. And it was actually shot in the spring in Altadena and Pasadena, just down the street from me here in L.A., and so in order to make the exteriors look like it was fall, John Carpenter bought bags and bags of brown paper leaves, and the PAs had to throw them out of the back of pickup trucks onto the lawn while they were setting up the shots. And Robert England said one of the only things he remembers from the filming is John Carpenter screaming at him through a megaphone, is that as far as you can throw, England? <laughs> That <laughs> just blows my mind that they don't, you know, it, it must be cheaper to actually shoot it right there where everybody's at instead of just driving to Illinois or whatever, you know, that, that always amazes me. Totally. Yeah. Transportation costs are just brutal. And then putting up everybody in housing right. as opposed to letting them go home and eat dinner at their own house. Yeah. Well, I it, admission here before we run out of time is that I just... I just I'd seen Freddy movies. I'd seen many, many of the classic horror genre movies, but I had never seen Halloween until two weeks ago. And I just Are watched you it. Me? I think I actually I, I watched it on your platform actually, and oh, I wow. I was amazed. I, it was really good. And then all of these other Halloween movies that spawned out of it, and then the Rob Zombie ones and all this stuff. I'm like right. I'm immersed in the the lore of those films now and just finding out like why they did what they did and when and all that stuff. So Chris, yep, yep. Uh, appreciate your time and your knowledge. You can just be our, our streaming correspondent from now on if that's all right. Oh my gosh. I'm counting the days till I get to come back. Right? <laughs> well, amazing. in November, you'll have to tell us about, uh, you know, all your Christmas movies and stuff. So we'll have you back. We have an embarrassing amount of Christmas movies coming your way. So <laughs> I forgot. Yeah, I said horror and drama were number one and two, but shoot, Christmas is right there with it, I'm sure. Um, Amen. Yeah, so we'll have you back. Uh, Chris, really appreciate your time. Senior Director of Communications for Chicken Soup for the Soul Entertainment, which is the owner of Redbox and Crackle. Uh, we will have to talk to you soon. Thanks, man. All right, look forward to it. We'll okay. see you, Ryan. We'll take a break, and we will be right back. Stick right here, 97.1 FM Talk. Got a couple... Tune in is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. Back clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. Yes, and even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to tunein.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. If your day sounds like... We need the report ASAP. You deserve Medela. If you've persevered through... 
you deserve this rich golden lager with a crisp but refreshing taste. Or if you overcame, two more reps, two more. You deserve this ice cold reward. Medellin, the Markable Fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. Points I want to make here about the House GOP selecting a Speaker of the House. Here's a headline from Politico from this week. This is actually before the third Speaker vote, which also failed. It says, House GOP drowning as crisis reaches breaking point. (laughs) So it's ridiculous that they've gone through this. I mean, it is. It's ridiculous. But the reaction to it has also been ridiculous. And I'm calling out my own industry here. The, 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 the crazy reactions to the GOP and the House of Representatives not having a speaker, it's like people are taking all their anger from their life or the news and they're thrusting it into this issue. <laughs> I really think that. I mean, it's, it's a little bit crazy how much people think this is going to hurt the GOP in 2024 and retaining the House. That is total bull. This is going to have no impact on the 2024 race at all. Mark my words. We won't even be talking about this by the election in 2024. As long as they get their act together pretty quickly, which is no guarantee, this will be an afterthought for sure. Now, it depends on who they pick. I'm not saying that doesn't matter. But the time that it's taking to pick a leader and the fact that they changed horses midstream, none of that is going to matter at all. I got a couple of clips here from this week that I want to play for you. First one is of Elise Stefanik nominating Jim Jordan for speaker. We are at a time of great crisis across America, a time of historic challenges in this very chamber and a time when heinous acts of terror and evil have been committed against our great ally, Israel. As this body convenes for the sacred responsibility to elect the next speaker of the People's House, I am reminded of the Book of Esther. For such a time is this. I don't know. That was at the first vote. Maybe he's not going to be elected for such a time as this. Is that a little embarrassing to quote the Bible and then find out that you were wrong? I don't know. I I think maybe so, uh, because certainly that did not happen. He is not being elected for such a time as this. Not to be outdone, though. This is Pete Aguilar from California, Representative Democrat from California, nominating Hakeem Jeffries. Tell me if you think this one is worse. Mr. Speaker Pro Tem, this is not the history we wanted to make here in the House. It's something that none of us imagined when we were sworn in to this office. We are here because the House has been thrown into chaos. We are here because this hallowed chamber has been led to a breaking point by two dangerous forces, extremism and partisanship. That is from the nomination from the Democrat side of Akeem Jeffries. These are all on Tuesday during the first nomination. Are you, did you pay attention to what he said there? That they're, they're, they're saddened by the chaos that has been caused by this lack of having a, a, a Speaker of the House. Little problem, little problem with that is that they voted for that last week. 
You remember that? Now they're 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 deriding the partisanship and the chaos and the dysfunction of Washington. I mean, he's saying that. And he literally, he himself, not just his caucus, not just his party, he himself, Pete Aguilar, voted for those things. Keep that in mind. I'm gonna play it again. Keep that in mind that he voted for this speaker to be ousted. Then listen to this comment. Mr. Speaker Pro Tem, this is not the history we wanted to make here in the House. It's something that none of us imagined when we were sworn in to this office. We are here because the House has been thrown into chaos. We are here because this hallowed chamber has been led to a breaking point by two dangerous forces, extremism and partisanship. The hypocrisy of politicians gets joked about a lot. But it really is astounding that this guy could straight-faced stand up there and say that stuff to his colleagues in front of him that he voted for all of that. I mean, we're in an era where it used to be that you'd look for hypocrisy and say, oh, the Democrat Party used to do this. Republican Party used to do this. Now they do this. It is now where you can look at somebody like Chuck Schumer or Joe Biden, for that matter, and look at comments that they themselves are making today versus just a couple years ago, and they'll contradict themselves. It's really remarkable. Short break. Old Roy, then Trisha, coming in for the rest of the hour. Roy, we left off the last segment, the, the end of last hour, talking about Palestine, and has it surprised you the level of anti-Semitism that exists right now in the United States? Uh, not really. I mean, it, it has surprised me at how many people are openly talking about it. That surprises me. That's very true. I think it's, it's always existed. Um, and I think, as you mentioned earlier, the, the universities are a hotbed for it. Um, but it, the, the surprising part is how vocal people are being about it in yeah. open, whereas you used to kind of maybe in your little groups, you'd sit around and you'd talk about stuff, but... Yeah, it was like, well, don't don't say this publicly, but here's right. what I really think. I mean, we yeah. all do that to a certain extent. Like, mm-hmm. we all have... Let me have this private conversation with somebody I trust yeah. where I can just kind of get it all out, but, but you're right. I mean, this stuff is out in the open. Yeah. It's loud. It's actually the opposite of quiet it's seeking attention yes. it's saying pay attention to me and it is mainly on university campuses or around them uh, there have been some in the cities too but you're you're looking at universities as a hotbed of oh dare i use the word extremism mm-hmm. um <clears throat> these are people who and I, I think i heard Kilmeter somebody saying this and i'm like man that's a good point on one end during covid they basically went out of their way to squelch free speech. Right. They said, if you don't get in line with the official narrative, then we're going to do our best to cancel you, fire you, get you off of this campus. And the the government followed suit. We're going to get mm-hmm. you out of even your job. We're right. going to cancel you if you don't do what we tell you to do. Uh, this is now put them in a weird position because even if they're not doing the protests, and it's a student-led protest, for instance... They're in the position of having to now say, 
well, we support free speech. Yeah. Oh, do you? Yeah. Because very, very recently you said the exact opposite. Um, I do want to talk, though, about this one instance that happens this week that, I, for, for, for whatever reason, is getting the lion's share of the coverage. It's the attack on the, the um, Palestinian hospital. Mm-hmm. Now, I think it's been talked enough that Hamas came out and said that this was an Israeli attack. Israel came out with audio that said, look, we have them talking about the fact that they messed this up. (laughs) Um, This was a Hamas uh, screw up that destroyed their own hospital. What's not being talked about that I want to discuss with you real quick here is the fact that Hamas was the reason that this explosion happened in this hospital is not that they accidentally fired a rocket and it hit the hospital. It's that they accidentally fired a rocket and hit the hospital, and it was full of ammunition. Mm-hmm. The hospital was full of other rockets. Right. So we're in a situation where, let's say it was Israel that hit that hospital, which it wasn't, apparently. I mean, according to all sources that, and information that I have, mm-hmm. it wasn't Israel. Even if they had, had they been wrong to do it, because Hamas hides their artillery in hospitals. They were literally doing it in that hospital. Mm-hmm. Why would Israel be wrong in attacking an artillery site by these insane Muslim terrorists who are willing to sacrifice their own people's hospitals to protect their artillery? I don't even know where to begin with this. The, the collateral damage <clears throat> and, and the human shield stuff it's just so barbaric that there's no good answer because on the one hand it's a military target but on the other hand there's going to be innocent collateral damage so there's it's it's an unsolvable question in my mind um it on its own merit but yeah i i think it's i i don't know i what what's interesting to me is I hate to tie this into Ukraine, but it, it's a similar thing because there was a story about a hospital in Ukraine that got blown up by the Russians. Well, it turned out it didn't. But everybody had run with that because we got to make Russia the bad guy <clears throat> for the narrative. Um, and so it's, there's similar things happening, not just with this hospital, but in the in this Middle Eastern conflict as well, that a lot of it and and i my my brother who's very conservative and political actually brought up a good point he said so you have a a politician who used a quote unquote lie about israel blowing up a hospital to gin up a group of people who came to the capital to protest against israel and protests all over the Middle East based on this information now, which is misinformation. Right. But but specifically, Trump is on trial now for doing being accused of doing the exact same thing, taking a quote-unquote lie, a stolen election, and ginning up a bunch of people to storm the Capitol and, and protest. Is this going to be another insurrection? So it's, it's just weird. I know I'm getting off topic, but it's weird how this overlaps because of the, the pattern in the media 
to jump on something and for whatever Just report it report yeah. it and then people take it and use it for their own narrative and that's what the pro-palestinian people have done and and it's causing them well contributing to the protest activity of this this horrendous act that actually wasn't what they're claiming it was. Well, since you somehow weaved in January 6th to that question, mm-hmm. which I was not expecting at all, uh, did you see this week that pro-Palestinian, pro-Hamas, I don't know what they would call themselves, protesters stormed the Capitol yeah. and wouldn't leave? Yeah. What happens to those people? That's what I'm saying. Is that what you were going with? That's there? what okay. I was saying. That's, that was my, my brother's point was that, well, they went... The, well, again, it's it's almost a, a wasted exercise to talk about hypocrisy in the yes. in the media and in politics. But but it, I didn't know a, you were referring specifically to those people. I get it now. Yeah, I get the point you're making. Yeah. Okay, okay. So, so that was that was the the interesting development to to take it back to a a Trump thing. But but on its own, what you brought up was was this idea of what how do you deal with people using schools and hospitals yes. and, and things like that to hide their military, their weaponry or their whatever. And it's, I don't, I've struggled with it. I don't know the answer. Yeah. And I brought this up in the very first segment of the show, you know, back an hour and a half ago now, the, it was <laughs> looking back, I'm like, that wasn't a very good open to the show. I think we've done a better job throughout the show <laughs> of explaining these very issues. But my, my point of that was that people like Nikki Haley and people, very many people on the left are saying this. Everybody's looking. I mean, I joked like starting this segment or whatever. Mm-hmm. Oh, you solved Middle East peace. Let's hear it. But everybody's looking for a solution. I think right. genuinely everybody wants there to be a solution to this. I, I, well, Hamas doesn't. <laughs> Hamas right. wants chaos. Yeah. But for the most part, most Democrats, Republicans, they want to solve this issue and they want to solve it quickly and they want to solve it justly. Mm-hmm. But how do you do that when the, the talking point has become for these people, we need to separate out Hamas and Palestinians. The whole point of Hamas is to not do that. Right. You can't Hamas tries very hard and we can see it in some of these physical things like they hide their ammunition in Mm -hmm. schools and hospitals but you can also see that they will do everything they can to basically play up sympathy Mm -hmm. for their cause while turning on their own people i mean this is they're manipulating media and they don't want there to be a line between palestinians and hamas they're the same to them. Right. And in fact, if there are any people in Palestine who hate Hamas, they've been so silenced and, frankly, brainwashed their entire lives through their schools that Israel is evil, that how do you delineate between those people? It's not as if there's people going, raising their hands going, I'm a refugee. I've always hated Hamas. Finally, yeah. you can recognize me now. That's not going to happen. Hamas will use that to trick more people into accepting refugees. That's why Jordan, that's why Egypt will not accept Palestinian refugees because mm-hmm. they say, we don't know who you are. Right. Even they, these are Muslim nations. Jordan's kind of halfway. Egypt, Muslim nation, they don't know. Right. And they say, we will not accept refugees because we don't know. I think that talking point is shallow. 
mm-hmm. because it sounds nice. Whole lot of people are going to hear, yeah, we should make a differentiate. We should differentiate between Hamas and Palestine. That sounds really nice. That is, in fact, that's a good goal. The question is, how do you do it? Right. I don't see. I don't see a way because they control internally. They're not letting people out who would maybe come out and say, "Yes, it's true. Most Palestinians don't." We'll never hear from those people because Hamas won't let them leave. Yeah. Yeah, so. and and the the lines blurry anyway because they, like I said, these are people who for generations, 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 mm-hmm. not just like our lifetime generations, right. have been taught uh, the same thing about Israel over and over and over and over and over again. So to have the steel backbone that you'd have to have to believe everything that I've been taught my entire life is not true, and I actually agree with Israel or I agree with whoever. Mm-hmm. That's gonna. That's very tough to find out. You'd almost have to do an individual test with every single person, right? And then you still don't know if they're telling you the truth, right? It's incredibly difficult, and there is. I hate to say it, this is not going to be a quick war. Mm. I mean, it's been going on for millennia in some right. sense. It flares up, it goes back down. It flares up, it goes back down. This one just seems like, you know what? I think probably. If you thought Ukraine was going to be quick, we're still in that. Mm-hmm. You think this one's going away? By the time this time next year, almost the election, we're still going to be talking about this issue. I almost guarantee it. Uh, I think you're right. Uh, all right. We are short on time. We got one more segment. We're going to take a short break. We'll be right back. Thank you. Trisha, I'm trying to lighten this show up a little bit because the news has just been so heavy. Um, I did ask this question of Roy, and since... We're sneaking you in right at the end of the show. I'm going to ask you the same question. It's based on stats, and it's all Halloween stuff. It's October, Mm -hmm. you know. It's on stats about one in six Americans believe their home to be haunted. Ooh, I saw this headline. Okay. So I told the story in the last hour. I'll briefly tell it again. A friend of mine from church wasn't able to serve with us on Sunday because she had to suddenly drive to her friend's mom's funeral because her friend's mom had just been murdered. What? Um, Shot, apparently, I mean, this is all secondhand, but it barely is making the news in the state that it's in, uh, shot in the back by her husband, suddenly, no explanation, husband calls the police, after it happens, says, I just killed my wife, confessed to it, and that's all he'll say. He said, that's all I'm saying, and then that's it. That's horrible. So this this conversation broke out at church that morning amongst us, <laughs> the hospitality team. <laughs> How about that? Uh, <laughs> You're before, handing out snacks. Yeah, and like, well, before the did congregation. Did you got shot in the back? Yeah, it gets there. We were discussing this because I had heard before that in the St. Louis area, and there are different laws by different states, but I think no matter what, if there's been a murder in the home, you have to disclose that. Now, if somebody dies in a home, I think that's different by state. But I, I think in this area, as far as I know... Something you, about the violent nature of a crime. Yes. You don't have to disclose if somebody dies in their house. But you do have to disclose if there's been a murder in a house, as far as I understand it. Would you... And this is the question I pose to Roy. Would you ever live in a home there, there that had been a murder in? Mm, that's tough. It depends. Does the house look haunted? We we talked about this too. Um, no, it's just a normal suburban house. Yeah, I'd probably give it a shot. I'm glad to hear that because I personally would, 
I would go in there, <clears throat> plead the blood of Jesus over everything, mm-hmm. pray it out, whatever was there that was... Feel, I mean, yeah. stand in different rooms, feel vibes. You can kind of get vibes in I, places. I get it. I get it. Um, but I would. My wife would never. I get that. Never. I get that, too. And apparently, the the house that I know of, there was a murder in Illinois about 10 years ago, I think now, where a guy killed his family in the house. Um, the only mm-hmm. reason I know this is because I know people who lived by the house. Mm-hmm. They said it took forever and I didn't even know if it home. ever really sold. Like it might have never it in Columbia? sold. Yes. Yeah. 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 That was tough. <clears throat> so okay, I was just curious as to your answer to that question because there was not a consensus among the people I discussed it with. Some I wouldn't like said it. Yes. Yeah, I don't think I'd like think it. Think about it, wouldn't you? I would think about it, and it might sketch me out a little bit more. But for me, I look at you. Ever like just hop on Zillow and look around? Oh yeah, all the time. Oh, you would do that. Yeah, yeah that makes sense. <laughs> I look at houses and say. The Alton area. Every one of them. I'm like, that house is haunted. Just don't look at it. And I'm sorry to the people in Alton. I'm sure that your homes are lovely. I'm sure that some (laughs) of them are not. But I'm going through these homes in our area, and I know every single house is haunted in that town. (laughs) But, like, you go to Columbia, and you're like, eh, those houses probably aren't haunted. And it's just, like, the look of the of the place that what I would have the biggest problem with. Yeah, it's so funny you say that because that's exactly where me and Roy's conversation, I didn't hear it, but that's where we went to, mm-hmm. which is people just look at a house exactly like you're doing and go, well, that's haunted. We, <laughs> there's no basis. I do it when I'm driving down the road too. <laughs> yeah, there's yeah. a house on the, we go to Schneider's and Waterloo to get meat and there's a house, like a farmhouse off to the side and it'll be like, oh, look at that. That's interesting. I'm like haunted. Like yeah. you just But you never switch drive lanes. by a mid-century ranch and you're like, well, there's probably ghosts living in there. <laughs> like, <laughs> it's, it's always this... something built in the 90s. Yeah. <laughs> you know, your point, your point is true because I, we were talking about how it was this aesthetic that you have to have. And it's usually a very old fashioned, very fancy aesthetic of the 1800s, maybe mm-hmm. early 1900s. Victorian. Yeah. Little, there's yeah. a lot of detail, yep. a lot of woodwork, usually. Chipping paint on that woodwork. Well, even if it's nice. You know, even if it's a nice True. home, even if you've restored it, but you're bringing up another category of house I didn't think about, and that's the old farmhouse. Ooh, yeah. Those those people will point out too. It's just the age. You can't have a new looking farmhouse and have it look like, and people go, "Well, that's haunted." Have it's got to be old. So, have you ever done? I don't know if you're trying to get rid of me or not, but have you ever done any of those haunted tours or anything? Uh, it's been a long time. I think I did one. I don't love them. Yeah, but you don't ever see anything. But no. some of the stories are kind of cool, and that's that, that's what I think too. There's yeah. so the there's a part of Belleville that's very very haunted, or traditionally traditionally very to as, haunted. Okay, and some of those stories. Well, I've got a couple that I know. I went to high school with them. Went to high school with him. Great guy. Uh, him and his wife. They he and his wife they restore houses in Belleville, and they live in them while they're doing it. And he came home one day, and she was in the sitting room working on some things and he said he looked in there she's sitting there with somebody he's like do you guys want anything to drink she didn't say anything he walks in the other room he's like hey do you guys want anything to drink she's like who are you talking to and he's like do you two want anything to drink and he walked in the room and she was alone like it was just her wow yeah and these are people i trust that's that's a very good point because when we again same conversation we had with roy 
when you watch a ghost hunting show or these things, they're so corny. Mm-hmm. And even the good ones, you're like, I don't believe There's anything. an angle. I yeah. don't trust your credibility. But it gives you the creeps when you talk to somebody that you... But it's somebody you know. You, somebody you know that it doesn't... Like, they want to sell these homes. It doesn't benefit them to go around exactly. telling people that they're haunted. Exactly. That's a great point because mm-hmm. the motive of somebody telling you that story, sometimes they just want to tell a good story and they've got a good story to tell yep. and that makes them get a little more attention. I get that. But if it's somebody you trust, yeah, and especially with your friend, they don't want that to happen in their house. They had to, I mean, they've had to leave homes because of the, the situation in that area. Wait a minute. Mm-hmm. They would abandon a rehab? They've had to of move out of it and finish it. Yeah. Oh, they so they would live in. Okay, I got gotcha. you. So they would live in these yes. rehabs, yes. but they've had like situations where they've had to like they wanted to get out of the yeah, house. They had to leave, but the then they would still sell the uh-huh. house. <laughs> it's haunted. People know it's haunted. Like people know that area is haunted. Wow, it's yeah, wild. It's true. I, I have yeah. to revisit. Uh, we got to close out, but we, I got to revisit some of those ghost tours because they always build that way. But you're right. It's really just stories and maybe folklore mm-hmm. and things, and that actually is pretty interesting. When I've, in the distant past, I think I did one, maybe in New Orleans, which they're very common there, you know, because it's a city that has that, mm-hmm. the entire city looks oh, like yeah, you totally, exactly you what know you're talking that, about. Yeah, New yeah. Orleans is haunted, but it's witches. It's haunted with witches. It's, wi- it's, it's demons. Sure. I mean, they, they, yeah. that, that city that is, is messed yes, up. Yeah. Uh, anyway, we got to we gotta go. But thank you, Tricia, for yeah, stopping by at the end of the show. Uh, get the podcast. Listen to us talk about uh, the real issues of the day, which we hit for the last two hours here on Wiggins America. We'll see you next week. Get more at 971talk.com. Tune in is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. That clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here. On TuneIn, go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only twenty-five dollars a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile, get four iPhone 15s on us, and four lines for twenty-five bucks per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts.